Well, good morning, everybody. How is everyone? Good. It's very bright right there. Um, uh, good morning. My name is Dominic Chassie. Um, I am a campus minister at VCU, for those of you who don't know me. I grew up going to this church, so it's always fun to come back and preach for you guys and be able to bring the message uh, for you. Um, today, obviously, we're continuing our series. Oh, thanks, Chip. We're continuing our series about how if Chip were to leave, we'd all be uh, screwed. So, um, But no, we're continuing our series uh, Made for Monday, talking about work. And I think 2020, at least for me, was a good like leveler in terms of work. Um, so I left, um, I was living in Johnson City, Tennessee, and I left with the plans of doing campus ministry on Australia, right? So it sounds very gl glamorous and, and uh, exotic. I get to go to Australia, do ministry. There's a lot of purpose in that. There's a lot of meaning in that. Um, and then COVID happened, and then I was like, okay, what do I do? Um, I, I feel like I have no idea what's going on with my life, uh, so I'll just do DoorDash. And if you've ever done DoorDash, um, or if you've ever just been a delivery driver in general, um, please tip your delivery drivers. Um, I, I honestly, like, doing that, there was this sense of, Am I, am, is what I'm doing, does, that even, does it matter? Do I have meaning in this stuff? I, I'm doing door, I'm basically just giving people food. Does that have any meaning? And I, and I wonder if for those of you who, in 2020, you lost your job, you, you might have changed jobs, you might have changed positions, or you have just been in a job that, for, for the years that you've been there, you've just wondered, am I doing something that has meaning? And I think the honest truth is, is, when we, when we work in terms of what the world says is good, ultimately, no, we don't have meaning. Because ultimately, what we do will fade away after 50 years or so. Whatever money you earn is going to disappear. Whatever accolades you get at your job, whatever title you have when you die, that's it. But when we work in the way that Jesus showed in the Gospels, that has meaning in whatever area. So even in places like DoorDash or delivery driving or you're working in a cubicle or a bank or you're the CEO or wherever you're at, when we work as Jesus did, that's when we have meaning. Because the way that Jesus worked, when we look at his story, the way that he worked actually changed the world. And why is that? Because Jesus took the lowest seat at the table. Jesus took the lowest seat when it came to his work. See, when we, when we try to vie for power and money and all these things that culture says, yes, do that, that's good, that, that's what you should be striving for, that just looks like the rest of the world. But when you look at what Jesus did and he says, no, I don't need to strive for that. I don't need any of that. Even though he's the one who has all of it, I don't need any of it. And he changed the world because he did that. And so we're going to look at that today. If you have your Bibles, turn to John 13. Um, we'll, we'll read it in a minute, but I, I want to start uh, with this. Uh, I believe that in the life of Jesus and in our lives as well, we bear God's image best when we choose the lowest seat at the table. We bear God's image best when we choose the lowest seat at the table. And for me, that is the goal of the Christian life. Getting to heaven is easy, like, you know, confess, repent, be baptized, and continue on, and, and then you pass away, and then you get to heaven. That's easy. 
That's like a one and done kind of thing. But being conformed to his image, that is hard and that's tough. It's this process we call sanctification. And I think this, this process is best seen when people like you and me, people who claim to follow Jesus, lay down their dignity and their rights to serve other people. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly how he lived. Even to the end of his life on the cross, that is how he lived his life, by serving, by laying down his dignity and his power and his rights. And if this is the goal of the Christian life, right, then why is it that, for the most part, Christians are the people who are the most selfish, right? I mean, just think of any televangelist who has asked for a private jet. Pretty selfish. <laughs> or, or think of Christians who, who fight for their own rights. And, and I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to put, like, my own statements about what I believe about masks and politics but just look at like the culture, look at your Facebook. Some of your friends who are Christians have said some bonkers things, some very hateful things. And it's because we feel like we need to fight for our own power. We need to fight for our own dignity, our own rights. How dare they say that? How, how dare they? We, we as Christians can be the most selfish people in, in, in little and big ways. And this, I mean, this even goes just in, in your own life. Like, you know, husbands, how many times have you said, no, I want to go watch the game, whatever it may be, instead of serving? <laughs> Don't look at your husbands, ladies. Um, how many times have you gone and, and watched the game when your wife has asked you to go wash the dishes or whatever? How many times, I'm be honest, my mom has asked me to take out the trash, and I said, no, I'm playing a video game right now. But how many times do we do these, these things? And because like we do them in so little ways, we don't even recognize them that they've come in our big ways and especially in our work to the point where we do not want to serve. We do not want to be the lowest seat at the table. I would say it's because as Jesus talks about in, in the story that we're going to read, um, that we don't understand what Jesus is doing. We, we fight so desperately for control and, and privilege and power and all these different things that we fail to understand what Jesus is doing in our lives and in our work. And so in uh, John 13, it's a famous story. Jesus, he's getting ready to go to the cross. He, he knows what's about to happen. And he does this radical thing that I think if, if we all really understood what he was doing, I think it would really change the world. He they're, his disciples, his best friends are having dinner, they're having a meal, and he gets up from his seat and he takes a towel, wraps it around his waist, gets a, a, a bowl of water, and he starts washing his disciples' feet. He starts cleaning these, these nasty feet. Now we, as a society, like we understand, like take showers, clean our feet. These guys don't have showers, they might take baths once a month, um, but Truthfully, these feet are nasty. And, and if you have bad smelling feet, it's probably worse. These feet are nasty. And for Jesus to take this position of, I'm going to wash your feet, he's basically saying, I am laying down my rights and dignity. I am laying down my position. I am laying down everything to wash your feet. Because the person who washes the feet of the guests in the house is not really considered human, they're considered a slave. 
So they're less than human, and Jesus is the one taking this position. And if we know anything about Jesus, we know that he is God in the flesh. And so God in the flesh is taking the form of a servant. And so he does this. He, he washes their feet. And then in verse 12, we pick up. It says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment, he resumed his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So Jesus, being our teacher, gives us this example of servant leadership. And I wonder if you read this story uh, and, and you read him washing the disciples' feet. And I wonder if you can tell and look back in, in your own work life, in your own uh, just daily life, honestly, and look at the places where, where have you said, I don't want to wash your feet, where I want to keep my dignity, I want to keep my position, I want to keep my power. Because most often the, in the exact same story in the Gospel of Luke, uh, we see the disciples, right before Jesus is about to do this, the disciples are, are having this conversation about who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom, right? Who is going to be the top dog? Obviously, it's Jesus, but they're just like, well, I want to sit at his right hand. Like, I want to be, if he's number one, I want to be second. And they're having this argument, and Jesus comes in, why are you arguing about this? And I think he's saying to us, why are you arguing about these things? Why are you arguing so much about your dignity when I have given you an example of laying it down, of washing people's feet, of, of laying down your rights and your dignity? Why are we arguing about these things? And like I said, we as a culture, I mean, America and, and the way that we've done things has been based around this, right? Again, like when you look at work and you look at what people find important, it's power, it's position, it's money, it's grab and take, and I want to be the greatest. I want to have the, the title. I want to have the accolades. I want to have all of these things. And, and we as a society don't really lack, or we lack humility. Because we as just human beings want so badly to have control of our own lives and our own work. But if we truly know Jesus, if we truly have a relationship with him, then this washing of people's feet, this laying down and taking the lowest seat at the table, and this bearing of God's image should be at, at the very forefront of our minds when we go into our workplace, and when you go into your house with your kids and your spouse and your friends and your family. This should be at the very forefront of our minds. And, and, and if we know Jesus, then, then often we should be washing people's feet, and it should be easy, but, but it's not, right? Because I don't know the people at your work, but you know the people at your work, and you know how messed up they are, and you know how broken they are, and you know how angry they can get, you know how rude they can be, you can know all these different things about them, you know the people at your own work, and we don't want to serve those people, right? We don't want to serve the people who are difficult at our jobs. Um, I work, like I said, I work at uh, VCU as a campus minister. 
And there are some difficult students. It's very shocking to hear, but students can be difficult. Um, But that doesn't mean that I am excused from serving them. That doesn't mean I'm excused from looking at ways that I can lay down my rights to say, you know what, I'm going to serve you. You know what, I'm going to take the lowest seat and I'm going to lay down my rights. My favorite thing is to honestly take students out to lunch and after a while you look at your bank account and it just goes down. But that's one of the things that I enjoy doing and it's a way that I can serve students is just by giving them a meal. We had another student who I was driving back and forth with a job interview and I want to be honest, I did not enjoy that because it was an hour of me just driving, waiting for him and doing all these things. And, and I think if you were in my shoes, you would have been frustrated too. But that's the exact same kind of love that Jesus is talking about. That's the kind of love that if we would do that with our coworkers, if we would do that with our spouses, if we would lay down our rights and our dignity, our time, then I think, like Jesus, we would change the world. Because people would see something different in us instead of just the same old vie for power, vie for my own time, vie for my own rights. They would see that that we as followers of Jesus are different because we serve him. I think this is actually best seen um, when you go on 95. Uh, If you go on 95, there's always traffic for whatever reason. And you can kind of tell the mentality of the world when you are driving and you see people like trying to get to the furthest spot. I've like... I'm driving, all right? I'm supposed to give them space to come in. They don't want to use my space. They want to go to the farthest spot and cause more trouble and cause more havoc instead of saying, you know what, I'm just going gonna to sit here because we're all going to get to where we're going eventually. And I don't need to be the very first person in line. I just need to, to be in line. It's those kinds of things that when we look at, we can say, hmm, maybe... Maybe Jesus is on to something about the way that we as human beings try to take control, try to put ourselves first. But obviously Jesus' answer to that is, is to lay down and to wash feet. And that was Jesus' whole life. That was Jesus' whole work and ministry. He laid down and washed the feet of the people around him. And we miss the humility of Jesus. And, and going back to just the people at our work, because I think that's probably the toughest part of, of I know the students, I know uh, the people who I work with, you know the people who you work with, um, and they are some hard people to love sometimes. Um, but again, that doesn't excuse us from serving them. That doesn't excuse us from washing their feet. Now, think about just the people in the room with Jesus, right? There's Peter, uh, a fisherman, um, basically the uh, ancient Israelite equivalent of a redneck. Um, you've, got, uh, you've got Simon, who's a zealot, who has basically been fighting his whole life to overthrow Rome, to, to kind of get uh, political power. You have uh, John and uh, James, another fisherman. You have Matthew, a tax collector who everybody probably does not like because he took money from his own people. You have all these different disciples. And on top of that, you have Judas, who very, 
And the next story is going to betray Jesus. And yet, what do we see Jesus do? He washes all of their feet, including Judas's, including the person who is about to betray him, including the hardest person for him to love in this moment. So in our work, in our jobs, have you been betrayed? Have you been hurt? Have you been uh, stabbed in the back because somebody else was trying to get power? You're not excused from washing their feet. You're not excused from serving them. I wish I was. The best example that I can give for this um, is my dad, who at, at the very start betrayed me, hurt me. And as much as I don't want to say, or as much as I, I want to say, I, I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to lay down my dignity for you because you hurt me. Jesus does not excuse me from that. I wish he would, but he does not. Because that is the exact same kind of love and service that, like I've been saying, is going to change the world. That's going to make people see us differently. Instead of just seeing us as, as people who want to take control so badly and who need to be heard and need to have their rights held tightly, they're the people who, even when we've been betrayed, who still love, who still serve, who still get down on their knees and wash people's feet. That doesn't mean that you need to uh, bring those people in your life. In fact, I would say if somebody has betrayed you, um, yes, put boundaries up, but that still doesn't excuse you from serving them. The hardest people to love and to serve are the people who are going to notice it most and who the world is going to notice most when we love them. And when we look like Jesus, we, we change the world in the way that we serve, in the way that we work, in the way that we lay down our life and lay down our rights. And we take an example from Jesus. Um, this, uh, this guy, David uh, Guzik, says uh, that as Jesus rose from supper, a place of rest and comfort. Jesus rose from his throne in heaven, a place of rest and comfort. And you can see this throughout Jesus' life, that, that what Jesus did, not just in this moment, not just in the cross, but his whole life, his whole existence was based on serving other people because as, as he continues, Jesus laid aside his garment, taking off his covering, just as he laid aside his heavenly covering, his glory. And as he took a towel and wrapped it around himself, ready to work. Jesus took the form of a servant and came ready to work. And as he poured water into a basin, ready to clean, Jesus poured out his blood to cleanse us from guilt and penalty of sin. And just as he sat down again, after washing their feet, Jesus sits down at the right hand of the Father after cleansing us. And so do you see that Jesus, in everything that he is, in his whole being, is a servant, is someone who lays down his rights and his dignity and washes people's feet. This was his whole life as taking the lowest seat. And I'm not saying that you need to actually go out like today, like go to uh, the gas station right here and say, hey, let me wash your feet real quick. Because um, that would be weird. We, we don't want to, you know, scare people off. But it is saying, hey, when I go home, 
how can I serve my spouse? Or how can I serve my kids? And kids, how can I serve my parents? Because that is also true. How can I serve my coworkers? How can I serve my family, my friends? It might look like you taking out the trash. It might look like you doing the dishes. It might look like you spending time with your family. It might look like you um, going out with your friends who you haven't seen in a while. Even though they have this weird thing about masks, even though you don't agree with them politically, you go and you serve. And you lay down your dignity and your rights for their sake so that they can see Jesus. And Jesus' whole life was, was based on trying to find ways in which you can take the lowest seat at the table. And so with all of this, um, just a few, for me, practical things um, that we can do. And um, this is, again, I don't like practical of like, again, you can just go out and like, you know, take out the trash. I like practical in the ways of like, hey, like think about this, like change your worldview about this, change your thoughts and processes about this, because when you do that, then action follows. And so the first takeaway for me is to see life as a table. Instead of seeing life and work as a, a ladder that you need to climb, a destination that you need to reach, because if we see it that way, if life is a destination that we need to get somewhere, then guess what? You're always gonna be trying to get to the next place. If for me, my life is a destination of like, okay, I want to go get that job, I want to go get the wife, I want to go get kids, and then I want to get the house and all these different things, I'm never going to actually reach that because there's always going to be something else. But when my life is a table, it's more about inviting other people in. It's more about spending time. It's more about intimacy than trying to vie for power. So see life and work as a table rather than a destination or a ladder that you need to climb. And then the next thing, find ways to take the lowest seat at that table. And like I said, like we as a culture think that's weird of like, hey, I'm inviting you to my table, so I'm going to take the lowest seat instead of, um, you know, I, this is my house, my rules. So I'm going to take the highest seat at the table. You can take one of those seats over there, but it's going to be me. Or, or it's, uh, hey, um, you need to get with me on this political stuff and you need to get with me on the mass stuff or you need to get with me on COVID and, and work and all these different things about Jesus and everything. And then we can have a meal together. No. It's, hey, come here. Have a meal at my table. Come do life with me. And, and I'm going to look for ways that I can take the lowest seat and lift you up and try to, to serve you and wash your feet. So find ways to take the lowest seat. Whatever that is and whoever that is with, find ways to take the lowest seat. And the last thing, invite people who aren't like us to be at the table. And like I've been saying, this is hard because you know the people who you work with. You know your family. You know those people who are difficult to love. I know those people who are difficult to love. And I know those people who don't look like me. 
But I think if anything in this past, you know, 20 years and the two years that we've actually had, I think it's, it's shown that, that we need to be around people who are different than us more than ever. That we can't just invite people who think like us. We can't just invite people who agree with us all the time. We can't just hang out with the people who we are, get along with easily. In fact, Jesus even says, what good is it if you love somebody who loves you back? That doesn't do anything. Nobody notices that because that's how the Gentiles work. That's how everybody works. Everybody knows that. But when you love somebody who hates you, when you love somebody who doesn't like you or doesn't look like you or doesn't agree with you, people take notice of that. People take notice of when we de- decide to, to serve people intentionally who don't look like us or think like us. So are we inviting those people from our work, from, from our friend group who don't look like us? When we protect our own dignity and pride, we are truly no different than anyone else. And when we do invite people, when we invite people who look like us, we, we don't look any different than anyone else. When we look at life as a ladder that we need to climb and a destination that we need to get to, we don't look any different. And when we try and just take the highest seat at our own table, we don't look any different. And I think the point of what Jesus did in his ministry was, was trying to teach us a way to look different than the world. Was trying to teach us a way to look different so that when people look at Christians, they don't just see the same old rabble. They don't just see the same old uh, story. They don't just see people who are, who are trying so desperately to get control, but they see something different. They see something different. Because the people, honestly, who are trying to vie so hard for control are the people who are going to go to a broken and hurting world and say, you are a sinner and you're going to hell. And yet the people who we see are taking the lowest seat are saying, no. Yes, you are a sinner, but I'm going to serve you anyway. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to say, you know, turn or burn, because that doesn't do anything. That just looks like the rest of the broken and hurting world. But when we actually love and lay down our rights, we look completely different. We look like different people, different human beings. Because we're following the example of Jesus. Because we're trying to look more like Jesus. And so in all of this, we cling to Jesus. We cling to the man who, being in the very nature God, I mean, think about that. Like Jesus, God in the flesh, he, he has all the power in the universe. Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, to be understood, to be used to his own advantage, to gain power or political uh, influence. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped but he laid down his life. He died on a cross, the most humiliating death. And he died for you and me. He died and cleansed us, washed our feet. And so we look at Jesus. In all of this, we look at Jesus. 
and we look at his cross and the way that he lived and we say, I want to live like that because I want to change the world. Because ultimately what Jesus was doing in all of this was teaching us a new way to be human, a new way to relate to one another that's based on love, it's based on service, it's based on kindness and radical acceptance. This is the example that we have. And this is the example that we look to. Would you pray with me? God, you have given us the example of of Jesus. You've given us yourself, one who is in very nature God and yet doesn't consider equality with you something to be used to his own advantage. Compared to you, we have such little power, and yet so often we try to use that power to, to get our own way, to, to take the highest seat at the table, to be the greatest in the kingdom. But Jesus, I desperately pray that we would recognize that, that our lives should be lived as washing people's feet, as loving people, as as inviting people. Jesus, because that's gonna change the world, that, that the same way that you lived is the way that we should live, that we should live like you, taking the lowest seat, serving others, looking for ways to serve others. So help us, Jesus. Help us do that. We won't do it perfectly, but we have you as an example to follow, and we have your cross to show that we are enough, even when we miss the mark, that you still love us and that we can still love others. So Jesus, help us to look to you. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name, amen.